the Christian Foundry Podcast, where iron sharpens iron for the glory of God, the exaltation of Christ, and the edification of the saints. That's how you do it right there. That's how you do it. Is that how you do it? That's great. That's right. how you do it. Well, we want to win. <laughs> In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the opening verse of Genesis 1, 1 of the Bible. And today on the episode of uh, the Christian Foundry Podcast, we're going to be discussing what it means to know God and why we need to know God. So um, we'll just begin with that statement. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So who, who is God? That's a very important question, very important statement that we need to all understand as believers is who is God and the reason to, like you said, why should we know him? And I think that we need to start off by saying it's important to know God, who he is, and know him rightly when it comes to our salvation. Mm-hmm. And I've often heard it said that if you don't get God right, you get everything else wrong. Correct. So Absolutely. It, that's why it, it's extremely important for especially our second episode to sit here and discuss the importance of God and who he is and why we need to get God right. And there's only one way to get God right. Anybody want to take a guess of how we get God right? Sunday school. Sunday school. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Sunday school answer. What were you about to say, Big, big Stokes? Studying the scriptures. Studying the scriptures, that's yeah. right. Yeah, without scripture, you know, uh, God preserved his word for a reason. Yes. And you know, oh, go ahead, sorry. It's just this, the, the incredible fact that this book exists. Uh, just points to God and his sovereignty. But he, he kept this for us to use for a reason. And if we don't go to the scripture first and foremost, when, when it comes time to define who God is, we're going to rely on our own uh, ideas of who God is. And, and we make God into something that he is absolutely not. I'm glad you said that. Let, let's let's do an exercise here at the table, Uh-oh. really quick, before okay. we get going. And, and, and you know all how of you, I love exercise. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all, all the ones listening and watching, you do this exercise as well. But we'll go around the room. I'm going to ask a simple question, and uh, all of you go to church here, so you may all have the same answer. <laughs> uh, maybe not. We'll just see. So, what if I were to ask you, what does God look like? If I were to ask you that, what do you picture God looking like in your in your mind? Go, Joe. I don't know if I have an answer because growing up, it's the the super Caucasian, long white beard, like guy in the clouds, long white hair, kind of balding on top, or missing most of his hair on top type of deal. But I don't. I guess I don't picture him that way anymore. I don't know. Like, I haven't thought about this question in a long time, but that's like the typical answer that I would have thought of when I was younger. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you it, you were honest in that. What do you think yeah. about Matt? Well, you know, I don't picture anything with God. Yeah. I can't. Okay. I just see myself in an empty room and everything else that's surrounding me. You know, it's so encompassing. And maybe it's because I'm so new and I'm just so deep in, you know, theology and things like that. I don't... I can't. I don't want to put any kind of an image You're on God not to, to restrict what God can be. It's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what about you, Ryan? God is a, a spirit, so I don't. I don't. You know, I, I don't picture. You know, I, I was in the same boat as Joe as a kid. You know, just as I grew up, that's 
that's how I pictured him, you know, standing in front of me, the long white hair. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, um, I think that really is nowhere close to who God is. Um, you know, he is spirit, though. Yeah. So I, I don't, when I close my eyes, I don't, I don't picture him and, you know, right in front of me. Right. Human form. So what about you, Justin? So, you know, my, my natural reaction is to go to, to Scripture and, and what people who saw God, yeah. um, what they were, uh, how they were changed by it. And, and we know that, that um, you know, people in the presence of God would come down glowing, right? Um, so to me, God is that, that intense light, that intense glory. Um, so much so that, that we as man, uh, if, if we look on it, um, it overwhelms our ability to sense. Like, uh, you know, to me, our eyes are very limited in what they can do. Our, all of our senses are limited by the fact that we are human. And I, I don't think that our senses are uh, able to understand fully what God is, who God is. We, we know he's spirit, like you said. We know he's, uh, we know we're created in his image. But the, the exact meaning of that uh, not necess- is not necessarily, you know, uh, a head on top of shoulders, on top of, yeah, right. you know. Um, so, like you, I, I don't necessarily picture a form yeah. that is God. Um, I, I, I picture it's such an intense thing that, that you can't even see it. So, that's, I, I guess, my Sunday school answer. <laughs> Mason? Uh, I'd have to agree with everybody. It's kind of a difficult thing. Do I need to get closer to the microphone? No, I'm just... Uh, for the most part, I would have to agree with Justin. Um, you know, it's got to be, if I was in a room with God, it would have to be just a beaming light because, I mean, we see Saul on the way to Damascus. Mm-hmm. He was blind for three days. But also going to Scripture, I would have to imagine, uh, you know, Jesus being the uh, being the image of the invisible God, you know, it would have to be the man described in Isaiah 53. And even then, I couldn't tell you what they looked like. So nobody said Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the voice. Do, do you know That's what I'm talking the about? Voice <laughs> the young guy, Bruce yeah. Almighty, the movie, yeah. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, the voice. The voice. The voice. So, so just, just the reasoning for asking that is because I think that we have to get a scriptural understanding of who God is and what he is and what he is not. So mm-hmm. he's not the, the head and shoulders, knees and toes God with the long beard sitting on a throne on a cloud and stuff like that. Uh, if we were to look at scripture, Jesus at the woman at the well in John chapter 4, verse 24, says God is spirit. Right. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So right here, Jesus says that God, the father is spirit. But we know that when the Bible talks about God, he uses these anthropomorphic terms of my mighty arm can save or which is used. And those anthropomorphic terms of God's strong arm or uh, the earth is his footstool would suggest that he has feet and things like that. But yeah, his right hand. These things are used for us to understand on our finite level more about who God is. It's almost like an association so we can understand uh, who God is more from that language that he's using. It's like he's dumbing it down for, yeah. for us to understand. Absolutely. Because we have these, like, like with, with what I was saying, we have these limited uh, senses. Yeah. You know? Uh, right. Taste, smell, hearing, you know, all this stuff is very limited. And he's 
dumbing down and just trying to describe to us in ways that we can understand. Yeah. And Mason, you said it perfectly. He, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So God, the father, when we think about that, and I'm not trying to get into the Trinity right now, uh, because we could get into a lot of deep waters here. But when we think of God, the father, we have to think of him as spirit. And of course, we think of the third person of the Trinity being the Holy Spirit. But when we think of the second person being Jesus, he is the bodily form of the invisible God. So Jesus is who we see. Uh, and even we don't even know what Jesus looks like, right? To try to put um, a, a caricature, caricature together of that would just be uh, not even close, I don't think. But uh, I do believe that we do see a bodily form of who God is, and that's in the Son, Jesus. So I just wanted to do that little exercise as we got our conversation going, just to kind of get an idea of what people think God looks like. But really, he, there, I think you'd probably the Shekinah glory, right? Mm-hmm. The, that intense light. And uh, was it Moses that just uh, saw the backside and, and came down with white hair and glowing and all that? So um, God is is definitely an all powerful God, right? He's an all-powerful, all-knowing God, and it's important to know who he is from the scriptures themselves. And you know what else I think? As we grow in our faith and learn more about God through his word, our definition of who God is is going to change over time as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The more we get to know God, we're going to change some things about how we look at him. Um, Just hearing that question, who God is, who is God? Well, you know, on a superficial Sunday school answer, we could say, oh, he's a creator of everything. He's the one in charge. But there's so much more to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a deep question. Yeah, I, I would, I'd like to read this really quick and then let you guys just kind of talk it out and discuss. But uh, the Westminster Confession of Faith, right, and the Westminster Catechism, actually, uh, question seven says, what is God? It says, God is a spirit. We just talked about that. In and of himself, infinite in being glory, blessedness, and perfection, all-sufficient, eternal, unchangeable, incomprehensible, everywhere present, almighty, knowing all things, most wise, most holy, most just, most merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abundance in goodness and truth. Well, forget that whole statement I just had. There's the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can take that. This is a a beginning of a list of some of the attributes of God and his character and who he is. Uh, but those are some, some well, and it is just what you said. It is the beginning of a list. The beginning, we, yeah. Because yeah, we could sit here all yeah, day and come up with the exhaustive adjectives. list. Is mm-hmm. oh man, yeah. yeah. And and then each of those. Well, now we have to discuss what is what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. And I love the word here, eternal. Right out of the gate, you read Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, God. He was not created. He is not dependent on any of us. He has always been. Uh, he is from everlasting to everlasting, the Bible says. So he is always going to be. And he is the creator of all things, mm-hmm. right? So we have to first and foremost put that uh, that God is not put in some sort of biblical box or a worldly box or our own imagine, imaginative box. God is, right? He is I am. Uh, and mm-hmm. you can get into the names of God and all that, but uh, for the sake of time, and clarity, we'll, we'll, we'll just say that God has always existed and will always exist. And uh, many people try to, to, to bring him down on our level, but uh, he needs to remain in his level. So, so if that's the case, if God has always existed, 
and, and always will exist, then when we read Genesis 1-1 and we read in the beginning, what beginning are we talking about? The beginning of the world that, as we know it. So the beginning of time. time. The beginning of clarify Earth. that for, for those that are listening. And the, in, in the beginning not, of time as we know it, yes, right? Yeah. 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 This is all within the, this is all within the context of as, as we know it, um, as the people of Earth, as humanity, uh, because we know from Scripture that there was an eternity before any of this. And that's where God has existed from th- that time, that moment, whatever that looks like. I don't know. Yeah. Eternity is a hard thing to grasp. Uh, and he will, <laughs> he will be here for eternity future. Right. Forever. Right. And he, will, he rules over it all. And that's, I think, an important distinction to make is eternity. We think eternity past, but we also have to think in, in, in terms of eternity future mm-hmm. as well. And, you know, when, when we consider um, anything, we limit ourselves to what we know as people, what we see day to day. And eternity, either direction, is not something that we can, that we can understand um, easily without some some serious thought because we don't know anything that's eternal we've never seen felt heard touched anything that's eternal and so because of that we are we're limited and and uh, just this you know the just this text the, the the opening phrase here in the beginning god created it really is a difficult concept to grasp. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people struggle with is mm-hmm. they pick up the Bible and they think this is hard. Yeah. This is incredibly difficult because I don't understand what well, I don't understand the Bible. Well, that's a valid statement. I don't understand eternity. Welcome to the team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that a lot of people that, that just dive off in this, um, they're going to struggle. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. This is something that we're going to struggle with. Yeah. Well, and especially for non-believers, because the true knowledge of God is suppressed from them, mm-hmm. according to the Scripture. So. And then they suppress the truth as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as they pick it up, I'm sure it's really difficult for them to understand. I mean, I can remember being back in church and looking at some of these things. Yeah. Back when I was younger, not this church. You know, I've understand a lot more now as I'm saved. But man, I just. It's so funny to think back to those older times, you know, when before we were believers. And now it's like it seems so much easier, but it's still not. Mm-mm. Yeah. Even the most mature believer, you know, uh, in decades of the study of the scriptures, you know, there's still things that are just mind-blowing, you know, and hard to kind of get our minds around for sure. I'm definitely, um, you know, still young in my study of the scriptures for sure but you know each time each time we open the word and man it's it's just beautiful uh, what's what's been given to us through the word i think even the more that you figure out about god then you want to individually explore those attributes yes, yes. even more mm-hmm. it's that desire yeah. um it's a that constant yearning um to know more you know, um, and we will never know it all, and that is that in its in not in this life, is, right? Is, not, yeah, not in this life, yeah, right. right? Yeah, and that's one of the things too is this. I'll use the the term seasoned believer, mm-hmm. one that's been a Christian and searching 
and studying theology and doctrine for years and years and years. I mean, think of R.C. Sproul, for instance, John MacArthur. These guys are well-versed in the scriptures. They know a lot. Uh, but if you look at Romans eleven thirty three, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. We, we, we can just, in this lifetime, scratch the surface of getting to know all there is to know about God. And still, there will still be some that we'll never fully comprehend and understand or get to yeah. on this side of eternity. Which is good because we've never arrived so to speak we'll never make it when in our knowledge of god on this side of eternity because there's always more yeah. to learn right and i think that's uh that's key for us to understand and anybody that may be listening is sometimes people get frustrated because they want to know more and they just feel like you know they're they're stuck it's okay yeah oh yeah, yeah. keep plowing ahead here. yeah yeah, yeah. like joe said welcome you, to the team yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. if you asked any quote-unquote expert in the bible about their depth of knowledge, they're going to tell. They're all going to tell you the same thing. The more I know, the more I realize I don't. I don't know. know. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And know. and you know, it's important to note that that should not be a discouragement, you know, to anybody, um, you know, because as a true believer, we should we should desire uh, to continue to know who God is, and, and you know salvation is not a destination you know to just stop and say hey I, i've arrived like you said we haven't arrived you know um a salvation salvation is the starting line yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah and you know it starts at justification and then the process of sanctification is you know it's a marathon in that uh coupled with a lot of other things you know but the study of the scriptures is very very important and proper interpretation and just you know, it is so easy to get overwhelmed and discouraged uh, because, oh man, I don't, I don't understand this. You know, um, but yeah, and and here we, I think we all have Proverbs nine in front of us, nine ten. The fear of the Lord is the mm-hmm. beginning of wisdom, mm-hmm. and so the fear of the Lord being the knowledge of God, understanding yeah. who He is, it's the beginning. Like you said, it's it's the starting point of wisdom. Further wisdom is developed in further understanding yes. who he is yeah. and, and knowing and going through those lists of attributes and, and diving into them and understanding what they mean uh, to a believer, what they mean to a non-believer, what they mean to, you know, uh, the, the depth of those, you know, we should spend uh, the rest of our, our lives, as long as we're allotted on this planet, uh, we should be diving into those and growing and yes. learning because uh, yes. it is the beginning of wisdom. I think I think we should talk about the word fear more in yeah. that as well. Yeah, yeah. right. That's, that's not at any moment he could strike us dead. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely he could. We know he could, but we're not walking on eggshells all day right. long thinking something's going to happen just because it can. Yeah, it's a healthy fear. It puts him in perspective. God first, then us. A true yeah. respect. A true yeah. respect. It's a, it's a the the word is reverence. You know, and awe, just being in awe of his majesty and his power is, that is the true fear of the Lord is that deep respect and knowing, like you said, where he is and where we are. Um, Because in our understanding, as that grows in our understanding of who God is, we begin to understand who we are. 
you know, and who we are not. As Christians, that's one of our problems when we start this backsliding stuff. We start doing this with that relationship, and we start forgetting who's the boss. Yeah, and we start yeah, we trying lose to perspective. make. Yeah, mm-hmm. we lose yeah. perspective very quickly. And that's a that's a daily fight. Yeah, uh, I think for all of us. Absolutely. Yeah, as that understanding grows, you know, it, it goes into that trust and that faith, and you know that carries us. And then you know, as we studied Wednesday night, you know, um, in our class, Joe, you know, how that understanding leads to that trust and that faith, and then that carries over into spiritual strength, mm-hmm. and then ultimately perseverance. You know, um, that is, I mean. Just having um, that desire to know who God is 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 exciting. And to have that opportunity each day uh, to get up and spend time in the Scriptures. I mean, this is that's pretty. That should be impactful in our lives. You know, we should desire to have that understanding and and know that that will strengthen our uh, trust and our faith. And and you said something there that I think is key. The the perspective comes. The true understanding comes when we when we examine the scriptures. Yeah, mm-hmm. and until we do that, um, we're we are putting limitations on God. We're putting uh, human characteristics and traits on God. What is what do I think God is? Mm-hmm. It, honestly, it matters not in one bit what what Justin thinks. Yeah, God is. It's who is he? It's it's got to be what I know he is because the word says. Right. Absolutely. And it, you say the beginning of. Or the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So when we think about wisdom, it's been said that wisdom is knowledge applied. So we have to have knowledge of who God is, which is what both of you guys just said. It comes from reading the scriptures. But it also comes more from not just reading, but studying the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. And when we think of the word theology, and many people would say, well, I don't need theology. I don't... I don't, I don't need all that theology stuff. Everybody needs a, theology, theology and everybody, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The word theology in and of itself just means the knowledge and the study of God. Everyone's got an opinion on God. Yep. Everyone's a theologian. Everyone's a theologian. So, yeah, and, and we know God by studying the scriptures. And, and, and some may say, you know, I don't, I don't know how to study the scriptures. Well, you got to read them, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate them in your life. There are really good commentaries that men uh, that have gone on before us and even some alive today that have uh, spent a lot of time uh, doing. But I, I would say this, too, before you run to a commentary, do the hard work of yes. uh, the scriptures. I mean, we've been blessed to have uh, Bibles with reference notes in them, footnotes, all kind of things. And one of the things you'll find in your Bible as you read it every day, as we should, right? This is how we know God. And then we can put that that knowledge, we can apply that in, in, in our wisdom is being obedient to the scriptures. But as we read our Bibles every day and get to know God and the things of his, his word, scripture interprets scripture. And you'll see that in all these reference notes and footnotes and all those things. It's always going to take you back to different yes. points of scripture to see the, the same thing from the Old to the New Testament, how it all lines up together. And we don't have to get extra biblical counsel or, or, or some sort of dream or voices or anything like that. And let me just put this on out there that God speaks not audibly. He doesn't speak through dreams and prophetic visions. He speaks through his word. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, back to John 1. And then we can see that 
Jesus, the word, that's how God speaks. We have it, 66 books here. So which means we need to read it, study it, know who God is, and then apply that knowledge in our daily life. And I think you can take that a step further when we are looking at a commentary. If we're looking at something somebody else has written, it had better be pointing back to scripture because yes, if right. it's not, throw it in the trash can because yeah. it's worthless. Yeah. Yeah. And let me just say this too, the books we read, I know we read, there, there, there are books that we read, um, they are not the final authority. No. We, we talked about sola scriptura or scripture alone. Th- those are not our final authority. We don't appeal to those things. But any books we read that are helpful and beneficial better point back to yeah. the scriptures as well. And, and I know we have books that people read for, her, for you know, just information only um, for research only purposes, I've seen them guys have stamps they put yeah. in their books, yeah. heretical, uh, yeah. heretical garbage for sure. research purposes only. Uh, but make sure it points back to a biblical view of the scriptures. Yeah, the, the only way you know that something points to a biblical view of the scriptures is if you're in the Bible. Yeah, that's the only way you recognize it is if you've been in it enough to see truth, and then when you see something that's not truth. It stands out, right? It, yeah. it, it jumps out. There's yeah. the discernment that comes, and it it only comes because the Holy Spirit. You've mm-hmm. you've been spending time because there's a lot life. of snake oil guys out there, and they can sound really good. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, but yeah. as a Christian in in the Word, you'll know, you'll know as soon as you hear it. Yeah, don't it's even well, take your pastor's of, word. For that's it. out of context. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible says, "Test the spirits." Yes, right, and that's everybody from the pastor on down, as Ryan just said. Um, Ben Sammons here in our church says that there's 9,000 denominations or however many. He said just different types of people reading the Bible, right? And they're all coming to this conclusion of who God is and who's the right God. What's the right God? Is Muhammad the right God? Well, if you're reading the true Bible, he's not, right? They even have their own Bible to yeah. tell who Muhammad is or Allah, sorry. He was just a boxer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's true. Allah, that's not the real God, right? Because they don't even have the real Bible. And then you have other denominations and other people that take particular passages of Scripture out and say that they have the right Bible and the right interpretation. Well, I think the only way that we can truly know who God is is through His Word and through interpreting His Word with the help of the Holy Spirit within us. I had a patient at work one time who wanted me to read the Jefferson Bible. Is anybody familiar with the Jefferson Bible? Thomas Jefferson. This was TJ. Yeah, <laughs> this TJ. So what he did is he took the New Testament, but he took out all the miracles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What? A lot of those guys did that. Took out all the miracles. They, oh, okay. Why? That's so. It's yeah. just. I mean, tampering with the word. I mean, we know in Revelation what that leads to. His omnipotence. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a testimony to it. It's I don't know. It, that just seems so wild to it's me to want to do that. Dangerous game. Yeah, yeah. it's very dangerous. Yeah, but that also shows it's been done for ages. Oh yeah, yeah. This that's is new nothing under the sun. new. There's nothing new under the sun. I mean, you see Paul. I mean, throughout his epistles, also. I mean, all the time, knocking down false doctrine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the only one where he didn't was Philemon, and that was a plea for. A brother in Christ, mm-hmm. and Paul wasn't even afraid to tackle um, false doctrine and false things going on within his own uh, brothers and the apostles. Oh, absolutely! He called Peter out, straight up called him out, right to his face. Didn't yeah, he? Mm-hmm. I mean, could you imagine you're going against the guy who walked with Jesus on his, in his earthly ministry? Mm-hmm. But I mean, there was a reason for that calling out. Yeah, it was rightly so. Rightly, 
You know something else that kind of I'm thinking about? As much as we want to know about God, what about the privilege that God has given us to know about Him? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Giving yeah. us the Scripture, giving yeah. us the Word, and, and commanding us to know about Him. And even as believers, sometimes taking that for granted. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a dangerous game, too, you know. And this, I mean, this book, uh, you, you, you saying that brought back, uh, I was listening to a sermon, uh, and it was talking about First Peter. Uh, in verse 16 of First Peter, for we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses to his majesty. The reminder that this was written by people who were eyewitnesses to people who were also eyewitnesses Mm -hmm. with eyewitnesses around. um, The reality is this is true and it's true and we know it's true because one, it's sustained. It's still here. But, But we know it's true because they were there they saw it they <laughs> witnessed it and and they were actually speaking from first-hand knowledge and and yeah. you know here in 2022 it's hard to think about uh first-hand knowledge of christ and first-hand knowledge of god because we feel like we're we're so displaced from it but we still have this word and yeah. it is still you know uh it's still from people who were there, man. Mm-hmm. They saw it. The miracles that you just talked about, you know, somebody trying to remove from the Bible, they were there when they happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why would you try to pull out a miraculous event when hundreds of people witnessed it? It has validity. We know, you know, when, when we, uh, if we go to court, if we have a witness who testifies to something, you know, we know that to be truth. And, and most of these things, it wasn't one witness. We're talking hundreds of people saw these yeah. things happen. If God didn't want it in there, he would have taken it out himself before Absolutely. it was ever put in there. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing is, is people are putting, they're making a God for themselves. Yeah. Right? They're, they're taking everything out that they don't like, and they're creating and fashioning this God for themselves. And that's a dangerous game to play because that's not the God of the Bible. If mm-hmm. you don't believe the God of the Bible, then you don't believe the true God. That's right. Yeah, and there's a lot of things we're going to hear that we don't like. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I sure oh, yeah. don't come to church feeling great every Sunday when I leave. Yeah. People all often say, oh, you stepped on my toes today. And I say, no, my toes have been stepped on three or four times before I climbed into that pulpit. So, And then they got stepped on again while I was teaching it. So you aren't the only one. I mean, we made the joke that we were convicted when your mic went out, but we weren't actually joking. <laughs> I mean, we were all, I mean, I struggle with anxiety and, I mean, for you to preach on a subject like that and do it boldly and with truth. Yeah. You, I mean, that's one of the oh, toughest subjects there is. That's the Sunday you called out the sound team. I appreciate that, by yeah. the way. <laughs> yeah, I touched my head. I think I'm two for two, two weeks in a row calling somebody out. Hey, and then, who you going to pick not, this week? In. Take the week off this week. we got a snowstorm coming. Yeah, yeah, I may do it from my living room. I'm going to call every one of you out. <laughs> so what about Just remember, we get to meet here again. That's true. That is true. Lord willing. Amen. So when we think about the character of God, a lot of people have this idea of God is a, a, a big meanie, <laughs> just to put it kind of, or he's an angry God. Or um, or they associate the Old Testament with that for sure. Which, he was just so mean in the Old Testament. Which actually, I mean, God was 
is full of wrath and, and it's righteous and just wrath. So yeah. it can appear like he's mean and angry, but there is a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And it's always unbelief, right? It's always some form of judgment. And God is a jealous God, the Bible talks about. And not in a way that we get jealous. Let me just say right. that. Not in a, a way that we get jealous of different things or covet our neighbor's donkey or whatever, you know. Uh, but um, timely, he's not going to share his glory. <laughs> That's very twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, he's not going to share his glory with anybody, mm-hmm. right? So there, his just, he is just in his wrath. So, and that's another part of, of God. They associate the wrath part with him being mean. And then people associate God being mean with not giving them what they want. Yeah. Right. Uh, but we know the scriptures say that God is going to give us what we need, when we need it, how we need it at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, so including what Including punishment. Yeah. Including punishment. Yeah, discipline. discipline. He disciplines those he loves, the writer of Hebrews says. But what do we, what, if there's somebody listening or somebody that we come in contact with that says, well, just God's a big, big, angry God. He's mean. And I, I just don't see how a God like that can be quote unquote loving, or maybe somebody that's associated God, the father with their earthly father. Right. Yeah. The man upstairs. Yeah. The man upstairs, yeah. or maybe they've had a, a really crappy dad and, and they associate any, yeah. any father, the kind of the same way, even if it's God. So what do we, what are we to do with people that have such a, a, a bad view of God. How do we how do we respond to those? I mean, obviously, we don't want to be just like, well, you're an idiot, right? <laughs> and I'm just being honest. There's a lot of people uh, yeah, that would yeah. just like um, just say, well, you're dumb. Well, you're, you're dumb. You're yeah. wrong. Yeah, you're, you're wrong, wrong. Yeah. and move on. Yeah. But, but have no substance to back that up. You're right. You know? how, how do we how do we engage those people? Well, number one, I think we have to remember that it's not going to be us. It's going to be God that deals with that. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have that mindset first. Right. And we have to make sure we're going to do this in a loving way because that's the kind of thing that turns people away from churches and Christianity if you say the wrong thing. And so I think we need to keep that perspective first. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter how much you know. Like you can have all the knowledge in the world, but um, when it comes down to it, Philip, one of the our elder candidates here, uh, he's very famous here for saying they don't. No one know. No one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. So, really expressing how much you care about someone, and the the fact that you want them to know this, and that your love for this, you want them to have that same love. Um, show, expressing that care for someone is really going to be what puts your foot in the door of being able to share it. And you know the the message of the gospel is beautiful mm-hmm. in that you know. Um, someone who's trying to um, decide comfortable. in their own mind, you know, they say, how can a God like that be a loving God? You know, well, until you know uh, the true love of, of Jesus Christ, you don't understand what true love is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the message of the gospel, um, you know, that it plays out in the message of the gospel, uh, the true love, you know, because we were saved from that wrath of God. It's mercy and grace, and we didn't do anything to earn that. And I think uh, if they have an earthly father that was not who he should have been, we have to remind them that he's human. That person sure. was a human. God is not yeah. on that level. Yeah. 
God you, is beyond that level. Mm-hmm. And so he's never going to leave you and never fail you. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an important characteristic to think about too. Absolutely. Yeah. The infallibility of humanity compared to the infallibility of God. That's a big word. It means God's flawless. He has no blemish on him uh, and he never will. And as the Westminster Catechism here says, perfection. Yeah. yeah. He's perfect as we are not. Absolutely. And I would also say one of the things that we need to do is when we come across all people, but especially people that have a flawed view of God, is lovingly take them to the scriptures. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is what God has said about himself, mm-hmm. right? We can give our thoughts, our testimony, our, our things about who we think God is and why we believe that, but what does God say? Yeah. Um, and. And to be honest, who be- who better to tell us about who he is than himself? And this yeah, is how he does it: is through the word. Um, I can't tell you. I I can't tell you who Mason is. Like I know him, but I can't tell you who Mason is. Only Mason could do that. Like I've known Stephen, Justin for three years, and I know them pretty well. I still can't tell you who. I can't tell you about them. They have to be the ones to tell you who they are. I have to be the one who tells you who who I am. Um, my words and my actions will also do those things as well. Scripture is where we find God's word and God's actions and His what he's done and why he's done them. This is how we know who God is. And again, like I said, who better to tell us than the man himself? And not only that, when you talk about knowing us, you're going off the information that we have given you. Absolutely. Just like J.I. Packer says in Knowing God, that's based on what we tell you. If we're telling you lies, you've built up this image based on mm-hmm. something that's not even real. Oh, yeah. This is the infallible word of God, yeah. divinely no, inspired. No time has it been more clear for that than, than in a time where we live in an Instagram world where people have this curated you know, yes. thing oh, that they put out of who they are. But that's not who people are. That's right. You know By the that. way, hashtag no filters here. Yeah, no, no filters. <laughs> yeah. Um only filter I use is coffee filter. That's right. <laughs> Amen. This, but this word, this word tells who God really is. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's, that's uh, and two, who else God is? And just going back to this Westminster Catechism, which we all know this is the Presbyterian Catechism, but still, they got some good stuff in here. Yeah. It's kind of a joke. I'm you surprised know, you didn't laugh. <laughs> hey, I went to. <laughs> There's the fake laugh. I was in a Presbyterian insert, private school say, for the first six laugh. years. Yeah, for the first six laugh. years of my we love life. Our Presbyterian brothers. Yeah. We can, yes, we do. We, we sure do. On baptism, but yeah. baptism, everything but, yeah. else. But we know those babies got to be dunked. Those babies need to be dunked. Uh, <laughs> they need a bath. But have y'all ever seen that that video of that guy dunking that baby like like down? And, Looks like he's RKOing him down. Yeah. That yeah. Like, <laughs> what is he doing? Like making the kid bob for apples or something? Huh? It was. Did you ever take the time to look at the shock on the baby's face? Yeah, the baby's like, like, the baby's going to learn how to swim by being baptized. Um, But one of the things it says in here that we know God to be is most holy. That means he is set apart. He is set apart for perfection, uh, where obviously that is something, this is what we would call a communicable attribute, which we can be holy because God is holy, the Bible says in 1 Peter. Thrice holy God. Yeah, he's a thrice holy God. But he is set apart. There is no sin in him whatsoever. So when people think, well, he's a mean God, well, well, that means that... uh, in some way, shape, or form, what they're really saying is God is not who he says he is. They don't believe that God is who he says he is. So in, in, in some way, they're they're saying that he is unholy, but him being holy is set apart perfection. 
Um, so we have to know that that holy God that is perfect in every way is what we as believers should strive for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And he gives us that attribute the Holy Spirit. That's part of that sanctification is making us holy. And, and, and one of the things that we have to when we bring God on our level, we're saying we are perfect, flawless and holy as he is. Mm-hmm. So we have to keep him in his perfect perspective. The most holy God is the most righteous God is the all knowing God is unchangeable in all of his ways. So we can trust that God. But when we think about the opposite of God, we think about Satan, right? Mm-hmm. And how shifty and crafty and manipulative and deceiving and cunning he is. Those are words that you will not find associated with God. You'll find that associated with the world because yeah. we are in sin, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when we think about just the, the words, when, when, we, when we put words for who God is and words for who Satan is, if you were to have to pick one without knowing who the person is even the most skeptic person i think would say unless they're just wickedly depraved like just has no care to go to hell right yeah. uh, but most people are going to say if you had to hang around a righteous person an honest person someone that's going to love you someone that's going to and i got to be careful there love you the bible does say god hates the evildoer so we don't do the care bear theology here but uh, is holy, righteous, blameless, and then you got a deceiver, manipulator, yada yada. The, the average person is going to say, "I want to be around that person." Yeah, a person like this. Yeah. But when you put the name God to that, for whatever reason, Romans chapter one teaches us, verse eighteen, is they don't want to have anything to do with it then because mm-hmm. they see God as a big meanie, right? He took my grandmother. My grandmother was a saint, and this is how she was treated. She was. She was. She, she was on her deathbed having cancer, and she died a horrible death. And they see God somehow as just this person that dishes out punishment and just hates people on earth. And well, that's not the case. Yep, because they've become the center of morality. The, yeah. They put themselves as the center of right and wrong. Yeah. They've tried to no decide good, what good is. No, not yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And they just and they themselves don't know what's on the other side. So for the example of what the kind of example you gave of, they took my grandmother. She had cancer. She died this horrible death. It's like if she she was a believer, like you said she was, like she knew God. And it's like if she was a believer, she was freed. Yeah. Oh, from this mortal coil. Yeah. yeah. For her, yeah. she she gained everything. Yeah. Being able to praise and. What people are, God. Are, are doing there, though, they've got this misplaced perspective of where of who God is, uh-huh. and, and therefore they've they've elevated themselves to the position of God. Yeah. Essentially, is what we've done, right? And they've just they've become the one that decides what good is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and and in that case, that death was not good, right? Yeah. Well, why? Because they decided it so. But if it was in God's will, ultimately, it's good. Now that's hard to say. That's hard to hear. That, that, oh. that Meemaw's death was a yeah. good thing. Yeah. Right. But like you said, if she's a believer, yeah. it's, it's the best thing that ever happened to her. Yeah. Well, the scriptures teach us that even for the grandson or granddaughter that is a believer, Meemaw's death is going to be good for them as well. Sure. Because yeah. God works out all things, yeah. right, for his glory and our good. Mm-hmm. But unbelievers aren't going to understand that, no. which, is, which is why I think we need to spend just a second talking about general revelation and special revelation right mm-hmm. yes 
Everybody, Romans 1 teaches that all men are without excuse. Everybody knows there's a God by his invisible attributes and his creation alone. So Mm -hmm. we know there's a God. And as you mentioned earlier, they suppress the truth of that God. And the more they suppress that truth, the more hostile they become to him. Mm -hmm. Right. But there is that general revelation. And then there's that common grace that they receive as well. Um, But then you think about those that have been given that special revelation, that knowledge of their sin and who God is and what Christ came to do. And they've repented of their sin and they have, he has now given them a salvific grace for them to understand that Meemaw's death is beneficial. Meemaw's now in heaven. And a true believer, if Meemaw wasn't a Christian, they're going to understand Meemaw's in hell. Yeah. Right? So I need to be more proactive in preaching and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus yes. Christ so Peepaw mm-hmm. doesn't go to hell That's or right. my mom or my coworkers. You've got to be careful with Peepaw. That's Peepaw. Peepaw is sitting over yeah. here to my right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's all in that general revelation and special revelation where you find that the, the line in the sand, mm-hmm. right? And, and you can have people in, that have been given this special uh, or, um, excuse me, this general revelation that are by moral standards good people Mm -hmm. but their morality is just for themselves it's like i'm a humanitarian i feed the homeless uh, i pick up old ladies that have fallen on the ground whatever the case may be it's more of the law of god rather than the love of god yeah yeah look at me type thing uh though so you can have a wide range of people on each side of this line drawn in the sand but anybody that is truly saved is going to understand who God is, mm-hmm. yeah. that he is all-knowing, that he's perfect in all of his ways. So when Meemaw dies, we can have comfort and peace in that. It's going to hurt. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be uh, a, a time of, of just grief maybe, but we can still yeah. grieve in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and trust God that he knew yeah. what he was doing in that time. Mm-hmm. Right. So n- knowing God, just even in that sense, is so beneficial for everybody. And, and you, I don't think you can truly know God until God truly knows you. And what I mean by that is until you become a Christian, yeah, right? Because we are all, God knows us all generally, right? He created everyone, even the unbeliever. And the Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust, but you can't truly know God until you truly, truly have that salvific grace that you have been saved by grace through faith. And it's then we have that desire to gather with the saints, the desire to know God more through his word. And now we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.13. He is the, the deposit, right? We have been uh, given the Holy Spirit to help illuminate his word in our lives. And that helps us know God as well. So mm-hmm. we, we're not on our own when we get to know God and understand it. That's right. But it, one of the biggest things that, one of the, and I feel like I've talked a lot, but one of the main reasons that we need to know God, and there are multiple reasons, but one of the big reasons is sanctification. Because mm-hmm. if we don't know God, then we can't be truly sanctified and being right. conformed into the image of Christ. Yeah. And, and knowing God is... Uh, it's a restored relationship. Mm-hmm. That's what knowing God means. We have a restored relationship with God, and that's only available through faith in Christ. That's mm-hmm. right. That's, that's the only way to ever see that restored relationship realized. And so uh, it, it's critical, and we've talked about this, that, that we preach the gospel. Well, why do we preach the gospel? We preach the gospel so that people know the, 
the process through which that relationship is restored. The only way to know God is through the restored relationship. The only way to the relationship is through the death of Christ on the cross, his resurrection. Mm -hmm. And without that gospel, we are hopeless, helpless, and, and basically all of this life is without meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have the opportunity to know Christ and, and know him through his word uh, and, and through his work, uh, I love our, our, our friend Ben that we talked about already. Um, you know, he, he asked one time, he, he said, so is, is salvation through works? And was, he's asking a trick question. Yeah. It's through the work of Christ on the cross. Uh -huh. yes. That's the only work that it is yes. through. So, Absolutely. I think that's a, a, a pretty good uh, That's a good segue into, to, into yeah, closing to, to, uh, with the sharing up. of the gospel in a time of prayer. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, any final thoughts? I tell you what, let's, uh, before we pray, uh, again, repent and believe the gospel if you're not a Christian. If you have listened this far to our second episode, you are this far, you're hearing my voice right now. If you will comment, then we will, we can't give it to everybody. We'll, we'll put you in a drawing and we'll give away a Reformation Study Bible. Yeah. Along with Knowing God by J.I. Packer. This is breaking news. The team doesn't even know this. We're enter? learning this. Huh? Can I enter? No. You can't oh. <laughs> We're learning this as we speak. Everybody is commenting right now. No, this isn't even out yet. But uh, if you will comment, tell us something. Uh, give us just a comment, any general comment. We'll put your name in a box and a hat and whatever. <laughs> and we'll draw. And, and we'll then, do it live. Uh, and we'll do it maybe just live. We'll do, we'll we may see. do it on a recording. On the next episode? Uh, might be. On the next episode, maybe. Yeah. So if you are listening, comment, like, subscribe, do all those things. But you have to comment to get in the drawing for the Reformation Study Bible. And I'm talking full Reformation Study Bible. I mean, if you want to say who has the best beard on the podcast, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Being, that, that I'm voting. I'm sorry. I'm voting for I Justin. Like Justin's is very shapely. I don't know. This beard's pretty glorious. I shaved yesterday. Mine is large <laughs> and <laughs> Santa Claus. But... Yeah, make a comment. Just let us know that you're listening. Uh, feel free to, to give suggestions on some topics that you'd like yeah. to hear covered. Yeah. Uh, we will definitely take those into consideration. And for sure, if you have any questions when it comes to uh, who knowing uh, who God is and knowing God, um, absolutely feel free to uh, yeah. to comment in in the uh, the comment section or email us. Um, you can yeah. email us at Hey, come South Caraway Baptist Church on Sunday well, if you that. live in Jonesboro. Absolutely. If you live in if you Northeast, or, Arkansas. Yeah, Northeast Arkansas. Or Maynard or Etowah. 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 Yeah. Living in Eddie's Wall. Hitch a ride with Big Cheese. That's right. <laughs> He's got a single cab truck though. So. Hey, I got a Nissan Rogue too. Hey, we can get three of y'all up here. There you go. <laughs> three of <laughs> <laughs> Or if you want to sit in the trunk. Or if you the uh, the email address is uh, thefoundrypod at gmail.com. There you go. I forgot it already. <laughs> foundrypod at gmail.com. I sure hope that's If you don't it. know how to spell, spell that, it. go watch the first episode. Yeah. Or you can do this. <laughs> T-H-E-F-O-U-N-D-R-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. Thefoundrypod. And I'm, voice. And again, voice and, and again, ladies and gentlemen, first. you've heard it here first. I'm talking big old thick Reformation Study Bible. Not the... Yeah. Not the 
the what do they call it? The, the new student edition. edition is pretty nice, though. Have you seen it? Uh uh-uh. It's really nice. I like it. We got it for Alyssa. Well, what do they call the other one? It's the revised, the condensed. The condensed. Yeah, condensed. I'm not. They, we're the not condensed. giving away a condensed Bible here. We're talking one with catechisms, creeds. We're going to give it, oh, yeah. We're going to give the big Reformation Study Bible away, along with, and there's Matt's Reformation Study Bible that is not condensed. Joe, put it up there on the screen yeah. for everybody to see. His looks used. Ryan's got one too, uh, and we're going to give away a copy of Knowing God by J.I. Packer. I know that Matt's in in the middle of that book. I just finished it recently, and it's great a book. It's a great book. Everybody should read it. Not the book though. It's not the book. It does. Point yeah, back back to Christ the scripture. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. And uh, so we're going to give those two resources away for free. All you got to do is comment and just put a comment. You can even put a thumbs up and that counts. So yeah. uh, just let us know you're listening and uh, give us feedback, thoughts, whatever the case may be. So with that being said, repent, and believe the gospel, and uh, we're going to pray us out of here. Somebody's going to pray us out of here. Ryan did it last time. I'm on it. Justin's oh, on yeah. it. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you that we can come together uh, as as your people, Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as iron sharpens iron, we can sit together and we can discuss your word. Um, and we can sharpen each other, Lord. We can hold each other accountable. And we get to, uh, we get to enjoy the beauty that is your word. Um, Lord, without this text that you've given us, we would be lost. We would have no uh, route to a restored relationship to you. But we understand that, that your word uh, tells us who you are. And in our understanding of who you are, uh, we also understand who we are, uh, Lord, that we're sinners and we need you. And Lord, thankfully for the, uh, for the believer, um, our debt, our sin debt has been paid. Uh-huh. And Lord, we thank you so much for sending Christ to do that for us out of your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, um, we just ask that uh, you help us to continue to learn and help all of those that are listening, uh, that they continue to strive to look into your word for the primary source of understanding, of knowledge of who you are. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.